Welcome to the Big Self Podcast. We are live on Friday. We are going to be talking to you about, well, it's how do people stay stuck? How do they stay stuck? But really, how can we turn that inside out and move forward, you know? So we are back by popular demand. It is Chad Prevost here with you. And Shelly, great to be here with you. Hi. Happy Friday, everybody. (laughs) It is a good Friday. Boy, I just love that music, but let's turn that down a little bit here. I want to make sure that everybody can see us and hear us. I think we just started recording up yeah. here, so we're good. Welcome to the show, everybody. And this is a um, a day of thinking and remembering and reflecting. Yes, it is 9-11. Yeah, 19 years ago today, I think everybody remembers where they were. Our country had quite a big setback and has uh, bounced back from from that tragedy. Where were you? Do you remember? I know yes, where you were. I was in uh, I was in downtown Atlanta. I was uh, taking a class at Georgia State, and it was just kind of like you know, um, our son was asking a little bit about it, and like what was the um, kind of the big deal uh, of it? You know, he's he was saying, well, he's like, I thought more people died than the five thousand two hundred. Um, and you know, we've, we've lost, um, a, you know, 190,000 from COVID-19. And I was like, I think it's, it's the psychological uh, component of it too. Um, it was dramatic. It was psychological. You know, we were, um, in, I was driving back home from downtown Atlanta, uh, as fast as I could on the highway, because it was sort of like this feeling of like, we were under attack. Right. It felt like a, there was a panic and a what, yeah. where, where are they going to hit next? Like, and you were downtown and I thought, oh my gosh, Atlanta is a huge city. Uh, and at that time they weren't, they were speculating terrorism, but they never, they were very careful not to use that word. Cause I was watching the, the today show, uh, as I was taking a shower and getting ready to go into Emory and all right. that happened. And, you know, it, uh, was fear, trying to get, and this is before cell phones. Right, because I couldn't reach you. Yeah, because, yeah, we didn't. Yeah, have, we didn't have cell phones, and so it was. I don't even know even, if we had the flip phones at that point. Maybe those. Yeah, yeah. we had those. <laughs> no texting, though. Really, but certainly a day of remembering, and I think there is not a better day to talk about this topic. Like we're talking about how to bounce forward after setback, and you know, so many people that endured just the most tragic thing I think you could ever think about going through and have rebuilt, rebuilt their lives and reset um, everything, I think is a pretty good day to, to talk about this. Yeah, uh, so lots of things have been happening um, with the Big Self School. We uh, are excited about our book releases. We're excited about bringing you um, a guest once a week on the Big Self podcast, uh, as well as doing this live show where, you know, by the way, you need to time us out there. We are going to try to hit you with five things each and every week in 30 minutes or less. It's uh, the gauntlet has been thrown. The challenge is there. And uh, we're gonna, we're here to entertain you as well as educate well, you. You can entertain. <laughs> I'm not that funny, as oh. I've been told time and time again. Really? I try to be. Okay. Uh, and I'm a little long winded, so this yeah. isn't going to be a challenge for me. That is I like that's to talk. right. 
Yep. So, but here at the Big Self School, what are we trying to do? But we're trying to bring you meaningful content uh, really on a regular basis. And by the way, let me just give one more shout out to this because I'm really proud of this project. Uh, I just really began a release of a podcast called Who Do You Think You Are? Uh, it is now everywhere a podcast are available and it is a daily and it comes out at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time where you get a quote, a book suggestion and a meditation question packed into about three or four minutes and each and every day and the sexy voice of Chad Prevost. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'm, now I feel a little uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> I kind of love it. Oh, well, good, good. That's, is, you got to live with I it. I want to say hi to Aaron. He just popped into our Facebook. Hey, hey Aaron, Aaron, shout out, man. You? Good to have you here. Yeah. All right. So our starting question is, what are the top five ways that people get stuck after failing? But of course, we want to make this a positive thing too, and not just the negative. So we want to say, and how can we turn that problem inside out? Yeah, and I want to like set the table a little bit here too. So uh, we talked about nine eleven and all the um, the res- the national well and personal resiliency that a lot of people demonstrated. But now we're in this like crazy COVID time, and all the um, repercussions that are happening, the implications of that. And so, you know, this is a really another great time to talk about this because so many people are affected, like jobs are lost, jobs are being, um, you know, just set back and people are on furlough, people are having to balance and juggle students are struggling parenting and and schools and millions of people um, are out of work. Um, I heard a statistic today that um, uh, people between young adults between the ages of 18 and 25, like half of them are living with their parents again. Like it's. um, Yeah, there's I mean, and we know that the mental health, um, you know, issues that people face anyway are certainly exacerbated by the these kind of untold levels of isolation loneliness there's so much anxiety and stress and so um, we really wanted to tackle this topic um in as quick of a way as we can <laughs> hey amanda um, i see you, you popped yeah. in too Good well to so yeah shout out amanda um so you know failure is um you know okay so there's a lot of trite things that are that are frequently um we hear a whole lot like it's almost like this um belief system that like yeah you gotta fail fast man you gotta fail yeah failure is how you really learn you know and well look in the end do, though do they sound like that <laughs> I guess those are those those techie. It um, sounds like Bill geeks, and Ted. You know, <laughs> you gotta feel fast. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Um, but you do you hear a lot of that mantra, and it makes to me it it, it minimizes failure. Failure is real, and failure is a failure, and it does scar you sometimes. It does make you feel jaded sometimes. It does hurt, and it it it, it is a setback. It's not a set forward, right? So the the thing is though, failure, and this is what we're gonna it's a mindset and it and it is you could if you get stuck after a failure well then that is a failure and and that's the end of that part of the story um but there's a way to use it 
um, in a learning kind of way. And some of these things, look, we are, Shelly and I, um, we're, we're speaking to ourselves in some of these things too. It's easy to fall mm -hmm. into yeah. some of the, the traps. So yeah. um, let's see, t number one, what would you say number one uh, top five of the top five habits uh, is someone gets stuck here? Denying your, your responsibility or your role in what happened. Um, and we can talk a lot about this. I think, you know, what I want to yeah. say to set this up, though, is that there are setbacks and failures and fallings that we are um, partly responsible for. And then there are some things, of course, that happen to us, like a terrorist attack, like a pandemic, yeah. like a um, an illness, things that we don't, you know, I think we we can decide how to respond to them, but I think we have to be really careful about this top, this one we're talking about, mm. because there are some things that we cannot control, but we can certainly still set set you know bounce forward from them. So, yeah, what did you want to talk about with that one? Well, um, you know, so okay, I think that there is this thing. Um, I think the the term is called inattentional blindness, and um, you know, sometimes we can over focus on like what we did well and and like really have speaking of its self-awareness september still we can have blind spots to the things that we're really not doing so well like if uh say between a, a, you know a relationship say our partner bragged on us for something that we did right and we were just like oh we just things just must be so good we're just doing great because you know she said blank about me how good i cooked or something on thursday um, but there's other things that maybe, you know, she's been trying to call your attention to that you could have been listening to and things aren't just all lovely in paradise. It's called inattentional blindness. And there's actually a famous illustration about this. You might have heard about this where I think it's on YouTube where they said they asked um, a, an audience to focus on the dribbling and passing of these basketball players and to count how many times they dribbled and passed and they did it for 60 seconds and for nine of those seconds a girl and it dressed up in a gorilla suit walked out in front of everyone you know kind of you know did some motions and stuff and then walked off and like half or a large major a large portion of the audience had no idea they completely missed the gorilla because they were so focused on their counting task. And so yeah. that's, there's inattentional blindness in, in, in terms of our role. Go yeah. Ahead. Well, yeah. I, and this, you know, for those of you all that know my story with my, my startup and burnout and kind of the, the spectacular failure of that <laughs> experience. And our, you know, when I was in it, you know, and even coming out of that and like really looking back on, what happened? <laughs> like why, what, what just happened and how do we recalibrate yeah. here? I got, this is, and I see a lot of people get stuck in this place of, um, you know, we, we defend, we don't want to believe that we did something or we were a part of that process or that dynamic. And this goes back to that self-confrontation we talked about last week, like how critical that is. And I, like for me as an Enneagram two, so I'm a helper. Um, one of the big blind spots for us is our pride. And this is where I think I get really stuck in this, you know, what we're talking about here, this inability to take responsibility for some things or see my part in some things. You call it 
self-righteousness <laughs> you're like Shelly you're being self-righteous right now and oh, I, now I and totally then. am like aware of that I can be that way and it's so much easier for me to blame other people or see how they're not doing what I believe they should be doing than it is for me to see my part in the dynamic. Yeah. And I think if we stay in that that place, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of why why we can't move forward because well, I didn't do anything. Like, like, I'm the victim here. And so I think this radical responsibility, the self-confrontation is a really important part in the first step of, of owning owning your life and like really being able to bounce forward from things. Yeah, I like but whether that. it happened to you or you were a part of it. I do think there's a, a radical responsibility we have to take for not only in what our part was, but in how we now can we respond to it. Right. Like uh, our son, you know, bringing home uh, an A on his biology test, but he hasn't turned in half of his homework assignments <laughs> and you're kind of forgetting about that overly optimistic about the one thing, but yes, yeah, um, different ways to take responsibility in the whole picture there. Number two, I want to say hi to Ronna Renee real quick. She's, she's watching. Oh, well. right. Great. Hey We're there. Um, hey, hey Ronna Renee, uh, set unreasonable standards, do that and you will remain stuck in failure. Yes, um, you know, you can actually sabotage your chances at succeeding by setting these unreachable deadlines. You know why? Because you're so awesome, right? You're awesome and you can do a lot of things and you want to like do amazing and awesome things, but you know what that is a recipe for? It's a recipe for just not be they call them deadlines because you're dead when you get to that finish line let's <laughs> let's right here and now let's start calling them lifelines do the tim ferris thing work work smarter and less and actually get more things done uh and yeah we this is a message that we're thinking we need to be thinking ourselves right now yeah um also, by the way, like what Martha Beck kind of calls it in um, Finding Your Way in a Wild New World, um, she talks a lot about forming your way into the things and experiences you want, not forcing your way. Um, I would like to do a poll for everybody watching. Ooh. How many perfectionists do we have out there? And... How many procrastinators do we have out there? And I would, or is it both? Is there a both? Well, <laughs> I would think that those are one and the same for many of us. I just had yeah. a conversation with Chris Collins, who is uh, a fellow big selfer with us, and we were talking about this, like this, you know. And this is not, this isn't new information. You know, we've all heard that a lot of perfectionists uh, like procrastinate, and yeah. so we do have these kind of unattainable expectations and standards, and so. If you're if you're trying to push through something or pull you know pull through something and bounce back, the when we set ourselves up that way, we it's really even hard to get out of the gate. And yeah. I told you when I was a kid, I would clean my room and I would have like <laughs> cl like like really I wanted to really straighten up everything. So I would take everything out of the drawers, you know, like the sock drawer, the underwear drawer, the the shoes are all out of the closet, like, and I would sit there. And I would just literally sit down in the middle of the room and was almost like turtled up because I was so overwhelmed. It's like that is like an 
unrealistic standard that my I'm gonna and I do this in every area of my life like I have these very high standards yeah that I don't even let myself kind of move I did that with this this business yeah like I was well, so like that's what I'm like it's it's um there's so much that we know how to do and we we know how to do them and we and we think just like a construction pro like a, what we thought was a weekend project becomes a multi-week project a lot of it's a whole spirit is willing flesh is weak type of thing sometimes it is hard to recognize that some things just will take longer than you want them to and it's that's why it's kind of hard because there's a lot of maybe a lot of different things you're trying to do mm -hmm. I think it's you know when you even have the vision for what could be next or what I can kind of bounce back from or what that could look like i think if we if we load ourselves with standards if we carry the weight of that it's really hard to keep to move forward and take action in that process um, and i found myself like in my whole kind of bouncing forward year of resetting and reorganizing my life after failure i found myself hiding like literally hiding in our house on signal mountain because i couldn't couldn't figure out how to f like really move forward in any kind of like authentic congruent way. So I just, and I think that's what this, this step is really talking about is like lower your expectations, <laughs> lower those standards. Yeah. You will be so much happier. It will give you the momentum and the action to take a step forward. You'll have fewer health problems. You'll probably sleep better and you'll probably be generally more pleasant to be around. So, Hey, <laughs> let's all just do a little bit less. Right. Yeah. Um, number three, Shelly, what's the number three thing number to do if you want to just stay three, stuck, label yourself, yourself a failure or a loser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Labels are for like cans and jars, not for you. <laughs> right. So this um, one's hard. I'm going to say though, man, because I, I, maybe I'm overthinking it, but I've said this before when I was working through uh, failure with my therapist and she was really trying to help me not take on the identity of a fail failure or a loser. Yeah. And you know, I really needed to for a minute, like I really needed hmm. to, uh, maybe it was kind of the pride in me was getting broken open Yeah. and there was some humility that was starting to bubble from that, but I needed to feel humbled. I needed to feel like I, failed not that i'm a failure right but i failed and that's i think that's the key here is to think of failure as an experience you've had but it does not define you and this mm -hmm. a, it's a mindset thing and i think it's a way to keep that inner critic from really judging it can kind of it's it's maybe maybe you can arrive at this through a bit of a mindfulness practice where you kind of separate yourself from the failure you look at it very neutrally you examine the good things you did and take inventory of the the ways that you might have contributed to the burnout setback failure mm -hmm. whatever it might be um and and if you can just literally find a little calm around that a little bit more relaxation around the failure um you're going to be able to respond more thoughtfully yeah and, and I, it is about the identity part of this i think yes. that's important to hear because i i think that it's easy when things suck and they're not going well and we feel like we're just like wave upon wave upon wave getting bowled over it's it is easy to feel like 
that I'm a victim here. Like, like I, this, yeah. this, some, there's something about me that's created this. And so it's funny though, because the first thing we said was taking responsibility when you're a part of creating right. these conditions of failing or falling or whatever has happened. But then there's also, you know, don't get too, like getting too far into over identifying with the failure. Good point. That it means something about me. So I think there's a, there's a paradox there that is, um, it's not, it's not totally clear. You know, I think we kind of have to move through this process a little bit, but not overly identifying. That's what I wanted to say. And I think here's another paradox embedded in number four way. If you want to stay stuck in set setback and not bounce forward, mire yourself in negativity, you know, um, while, so here's the paradox, right? Like in number one, we also said that we can tend to overemphasize the positives that we did and underplay the negative, but you know, this number four here is really important. I have known a lot of like people that are kind of, they're, they're kind of in the eat. They're like an Eeyore. You know, if you know Winnie the Pooh, right? Eeyore, it's just negative nanny. Um, it's and it's Eeyore like condition. any yeah. Eeyore syndrome. Yeah. Stay in that. I like that. Um, if, if you want to stay stuck there, it's like every obstacle, every, they, they immediately, when a new idea comes or a new possibility for moving forward, there's immediately all of the things come to mind of like how this won't work. No, someone's doing this already or, um, no, I'll never be able to do it. It takes too long, whatever. And you've like, and studies show actually that hanging out with positive people um, does like lift you up. And, um, and it's studies show that optimists scale the success ladder fa faster and higher than pessimists. So, um, you know, I guess I, I would, if there's a practice, go ahead. Well, I want to like, just think about this though, for a second, <laughs> our, our negative Nelly friends, they, that serves a beautiful protective function for them because mm. it to to especially if you've just endured something painful like of course you want to like stay in the negative it's very safe there it's very protective it's very is that the ego protecting the um, ego show yeah yeah Probably. well i think it's you know the brain where it's hardwired to it's you know negativity bias and negativity kind of we're scanning for threats we're scanning for what might not go well. Um, so if we've encountered some kind of a setback, then of course there's something really protective about that. And I think there's a place and a time for that, uh, especially if we're healing from something. But the thing is we can't, we're not meant to live there. So that's what I would say. I think what a lot of people do though, is they, they almost feign optimism. So, cause no one likes living in this negative place. Most of us don't. It doesn't feel good. That's not fun. But we jump to this positive place and it's not real. So so a lot of positive psychologists talk about realistic optimism. Ooh. So like, you know, let's not be Pollyanna about this. Yes. Let's actually look for kind of mental reframes or a way to to kind of cognitively shift what we're seeing, but in a realistic way. So because like oftentimes if I go too far to the positive um, like out of, out of like effort, like to be happier that it's, it's fake. Like I know it's fake and I know that, and I kind of, my brain is like, eh, that's stupid. Like that's not realistic. And so you be, you have to kind of inch your way toward more 
realistic optimism. Micro, and, micro actions. Yeah. Maybe just take little steps. And yeah. And, and forward. we're going to get to this in a minute, but um, we're, we're doing a class in a couple weeks on this and we're going to dive into a little bit more specifically the practice of realistic optimism. So. Yeah. Um, well, here's number teaser. number five. I think we may just be getting this underneath the 30-minute wheel. Let's see. Number five, ignore physical mm. and mental health. This is huge. This is huge. I remember actually when you were starting sort of the Shelly Prevost brand, it was like play big without the burnout. And that's yeah. kind of been a little bit of a mantra around which we've, um, you know, formed some of uh, the ideas at big school. Because, you know, a lot of ambitious people, they consider, you know, stress and burnout just as the price that you have to pay, and even as a badge of honor mm -hmm. for, uh, for all the sacrifice. Not just startups. A lot of people do it. Yeah. The busier I am, that must be the better I am or the more, you know, more, more important I am. Yeah. And if I may, sometimes I, I can kind of see you trending this way. <laughs> like, oh, no. oh, I'm sorry. You yeah, know, some of these it's things. True. We, it, and we cannot bounce back from something if we are physically or mentally not well. If we are right. unwell, we just can't. Like, I mean... So, so a lot of what, like these roots of resiliency that we're going to be teaching and talking about the, yeah. no, the first one is health. Take care of yourself, which is why I harp so much on self-care. Self-care. Um, and you know, we pay lip service to it. We do. I do. And then I have to really be intentional and disciplined about the practice of self-care because it is so easy to go off the rails and not take care of ourselves physically and mentally. Yeah, self-care doesn't mean like what the media marketing kind of stuff it tries to sell us. It doesn't mean bubble baths, and, you know. It and can, but it, not only. <laughs> no, it means yeah. good sleep. It means eating well, right? It means regular your body. exercise. Um, it means, yeah, sometimes it's okay to do nothing it's, it's like it's okay to walk yeah. out in nature it's boring actually self-care is pretty boring the oh, way that right, is the way it's that just i like think about it routines yeah um but you know actually so we've a couple of messages here is we're saying work less we're saying take time to sleep more you know these are these will contribute to your overall efficacy your overall ability to bounce forward in a positive way you'll feel better right it's it definitely is the way to get out of these five ways of being yeah. Stuck. And I, you know, in terms of this paradox, we just talked about, um, we can name our failure or our setback and even our part in it potentially without blaming ourselves. And I think that's this distinction, naming what happened, naming, like confronting ourselves with my role in that without having to shame myself in the process. Like that's really kind of this art of resilience um, that we're going to be talking about. Can I talk about the class? Yes, of course. Okay. Yes. I mean, that's, that's, so I guess that does wrap it up. I mean, it's, um, these, let's think of these as lifelines. So if I Not say deadlines. that I want to, if I want to write 10 books in two months and then I, you know, like spectacularly fail in, in executing on that, or if you say you want to create nine courses in, you know, three days or something and you don't like, it's, it's okay right let's set realistic deadlines and then you might have some time to practice the banjo 
<laughs> you keep coming back to that banjo. Oh, I know. I'll, I'll get to it. I all promise. right, all right. So we want to leave you with this uh, real quickly. We have a how to bounce forward after a setback class. It's a two hour live class. Um, Is that September 29th? It's, it's 22nd. 22nd. From 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern can, Standard Time. Eastern Standard Time. You can go to bigselfschool.com slash classes and get all the information there. We have a fantastic positive psychologist who's going to be teaching that class. Um, I will be there as well. And we're what we're doing through that is wanting, we're guiding you to understand where you kind of get stuck in your setback kind of resetting. Yeah. How, like where do we get, where do you personally get stuck in that? And then we're going to present and teach and talk about eight different roots of resiliency is what they're called and really help you come up with a plan so that if you are in a setback, if you are encountering something, I think a lot of us are right now, or you anticipate um, that something might be like, you want to learn these skills for the future, then this class is for you. And we would love to have you be a part of it. It's yeah, going to be really good. Like we might talk about five things pretty broadly on a, on, uh, on a podcast like this, but I know that, you know, again, it is easier said than done And a class like that, um, actually does spend more time on equipping you with some of the how, as much as you know just the the what yeah so yeah. so um yeah it, it sounds pretty it, exciting we want to keep it personalized too and so the, i think the thing that that we're really trying to do well is to make it relevant for your life so not just kind of broad strokes but really give you a playbook for how now do i take this out of this class and move it into my life so that if and when or when you experience a setback because we all will uh, we've got the tools in our toolbox to help us. That is it from us. Check us out at BigSelfSchool.com if you'd like to learn more about any of the fun and exciting things that we're building with our community. You know, it can be a hopeless, helpless feeling to look around and see that life doesn't look like you thought it would. And at Big Self School, we don't think you should have to feel that way. So we're uh, trying to help out, um, check out some of our content, and um, hopefully we will help you develop some resiliency yeah. and get out of whatever setback you may be experiencing uh, right now. Thanks for being here. Thanks and for tuning to, in. Here's to bouncing forward. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Self Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, join the community on Facebook at the Big Self Society. You can find us at big underscore self on Twitter. And we are also at the Big Self Society on Medium, where we feature and curate content on topics ranging from psychology to creativity and productivity. We'd love to hear from you. What show made an impact on your thinking, your habits, your decision making or anything else? And anyone you'd like us to reach out to and have on the show, let us know.